0: first coming attractions before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the voice america empowerment channel we'll take you behind the scenes interview celebrities and review new movies tv shows and digital releases now here are your hosts from kids first coming attractions hey
1: welcome
2: to kids first coming attractions i'm sahiba and today we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about frozen 2 lady and the tramp charlie's angels a beautiful day in the neighborhood and healing from hate battle for the soul of the nation first we're gonna be talking with zoe on frozen 2 welcome to the show zoe hi Hi, so I can't wait to hear what you have to tell me about Frozen 2. So let's start off. um, Can you tell me a little bit about what's happening with Anna and Elsa and where they're journeying to in this film?
0: Yeah, Frozen 2 is like a beautiful continuation of, in my opinion, one of the greatest animated films ever done. Um, Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, and Olaf, and Sven In this film, they've kind of become a family and now they're trying to discover the origin of Elsa's powers in order to save their kingdom because it seems like Elsa has kind of awakened some powerful spirits and I really love this film.
2: Oh, very cool. It sounds awfully interesting. And so how did
0: watching this make you feel? I really liked it actually. um, I would say... This and the first one, I don't want to compare them at all, but I feel like they're equally the same. This one did get a bit more intense, but I feel like they did that for a reason because I remember when I was watching Frozen 2, I was probably, I mean, Frozen 1, sorry. I was probably about four or six years old and now I'm 11 and I felt they made it so more intense because now everyone's more grown up if they've seen the first one and it made it a lot more interesting.
2: Okay, that's cool that they did that. And so, um, what do you think about the characters? Do we meet new people?
0: And what did you think of them? There are new characters. Actually, there's a new one called Bruni, which is a salamander, which was one of my favorite characters in this. Um, but I do feel like the original characters in this film—they definitely, like Olaf. I felt like his representation in this film is more powerful. And everyone else who we didn't see in the first one, they definitely, like, they had a statement in this film, and everyone had a purpose. Oh, that's, that's really good to hear. And so, um, what are your thoughts on the animation? I did really like the animation. It's been a while, so it did improve. And I love how they animated all the costumes for everyone, because the costumes were just beautiful. And I feel like they did an amazing job on that, especially. Yeah, I
2: totally agree with that. Just by watching the trailer, I noticed some of the outfits, and I was like, wow, those are very unique. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, was there a villain in this
0: film or, like, a bad guy? Um, Not necessarily, like, a person. Um, It's more of, like, an element because also um, kind of, she awakens powers of this forest, like it's a secret forest, I know that they said that in the commercials and stuff, and that's kind of hinting you, but I don't want to give anything away because it is actually really good, but it's not necessarily like a human being, but there is technically something that they're trying to find out in order to know the truth about um, Arendelle. That's very
2: interesting. And when you say it's not human, do you think that the sort of mystery
0: like adds a lot to the film? Yeah, it's because most like Disney films with princesses, there's never a villain. In some animated f- films, there is a villain, but this one is different because it's more of a power, and they're trying to figure out like everything and why everything is happening so I felt like it was it's obviously an amazing film and it makes it a lot different from like all other Disney films with princesses in them Oh, that makes me so excited. I can't
2: wait to watch Frozen 2. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Frozen 2, Lady and the Tramp, Charlie's Angels, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Healing from Hate, Battle for the Soul of the Nation. And right now I'm going to continue talking with Zoe on Frozen 2. So Zoe, I'm really curious about the music and the songs in this film. What did you think of
0: them? Oh, the songs in this film are beautiful. They were amazing, and I felt like the first from, in Frozen 1, the songs, I remember, like, falling in love with them, but I felt like these were even better. Actually, there's a song called, like, Into the Unknown, and that's, like, my favorite song right now. I can't get it out of my head, and it was beautiful.
2: Oh, wow. And um, so we, I know when Frozen first came out, Let It Go, it became this huge sensation. So you, yeah. do you think one of the songs from Frozen 2 will carry the same momentum?
0: Um, well, since this film does go a little bit darker and stuff, um, I felt like they were probably even more powerful than the first one. The first one was more like joyful and stuff because we already know the story and the characters from the first one. But so this one isn't as original, but it's still like surprising as the first one. And with the music, it kind of has the same pattern. (gasps) okay, that's really cool. And were there like action scenes in the film? And if so, what did you think of them? Um, I guess, you, yeah, I guess you can say there were action films. I thought it was really cool. It was like Elsa's kind of traveling over the ocean. I saw lots of commercials about that, and I was kind of like, whoa, what's happening here? Um, and I thought that they did an amazing job, especially since the animation has enhanced a lot and become more realistic in certain ways. It definitely made the action scenes more, like it made it more interesting to watch and there was one with like a purple fire and stuff and I felt like they did a really good job on capturing those moments. Oh wow, that
2: a purple fire, that sounds exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, it seems like Anna and Elsa are traveling to like a variety of different places in this film. So what did she think of them and sort of the creativity behind
0: them? Yeah, I feel like in the first film, we kind of just saw Arendelle, which is their hometown, and then kind of off into the middle of nowhere. But here there's actually, like, as I said, there's a forest. And I love how it's absolutely just eye candy, the beautiful color palette and everything. So I did like that they had new places and more adventure. Anna didn't actually go with Elsa everywhere, not to, but you did see all the places that like Elsa traveled to, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Awesome!
2: And so, speaking of Elsa, do we see like an expanse in her powers and um, her? I know you mentioned her character. Also, um, everyone seems to have a bit more purpose. But could you expand a little more on her character?
0: Yeah. Well, one of the, I'm not going to say this, but like there's a huge surprise while you're watching and it really involves Elsa and I, I love seeing her now, like her hair is always in a braid and I feel like she's kind of the main center of everything and she's kind of the one who figures everything out and eventually becomes one of the most relatable and Amazing, like she was so powerful in this film and so confident in everything that she did. And I felt like she, like the voice actor behind her and everything, I, she was like an amazing character. Wonderful, well, that's so great to hear. Um, and so finally, what would you say the age range and star rating should be? I probably recommend it for ages 6 to 16 and adults as well. And I would definitely give Frozen. Um, a 5 out of 5 stars. Yay, hey, that's so great.
2: Well, thank you so much for being here, Zoe. It was so much fun to speak with you about Frozen 2. Thank you for having me. Of course, and so be sure to check out Frozen 2 in theaters today. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merry Christmas Llama Llama.
0: tuned into kids first coming attractions on the voice america empowerment channel shh turn your phone off another film review or celebrity interview is coming up
2: Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking with Zoe about Frozen, and right now we're going to be talking about Lady and the Tramp. So welcome back, Zoe. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, so I'm also excited to speak with you about Lady and the Tramp. I've heard so many things, and I can't wait to hear your opinion. So let's start off. Can you tell me a
0: little bit about the story and what it's about? The story is pretty much um, a dog named Lady who is a Cocker Cocker Spaniel who loves the comfort of home. And she lives with an amazing family. But after the arrival of a baby, she kind of feels left out. So Tramp, a Scottish Terrier, who is a street dog, um, he kind of meets Lady and tells her about how amazing it is to be a street dog and stuff. So, at one point, they just kind of embark on an adventure, and despite their differences, they still get to know humans better and understand the value of home. Oh, wow, that sounds like a really exciting and adventurous story. And so, um, what did you think about the voice acting? Well, I love the voice acting, actually. I felt like it was very realistic. Um, the way that the dog's mouth moved actually looked like how a human would talk, and I felt like the voice actors who were doing it for Rose, who was Lady, and um, I think it's Dante, who is um, Tramp. That's the actual dogs' names. Um, they were also amazing, and the voice actors they they definitely fit in with the personality of the dogs. That's great to hear. Yeah, I
2: know sometimes um, when you have animated dogs, the biggest challenge is to get the expressions, and that's wonderful that they were able to get that. And so what did you think about the um, live-action aspect of this Disney film?
0: Yeah, I love how um, this film is such a classic, and I like that they made this, Like, because lately I know that there's been like a trend where they're turning animated films into like live action ones and lady and the tramp i felt like it was just such a perfect movie to do that because it also involves humans and dogs so it's kind of a mix and i definitely like that they i really like that they um incorporated animals and humans yeah,
2: it's always fun, especially with dogs. I love dogs, so any movie, yeah, so any movie with dogs, you know, it's a must-watch for me. And so, um, what did you think about the storyline and where it went
0: and the ending? Um, I love this story. I actually started crying. It's very powerful. And my friend actually said the same thing whenever she watched it on Disney+. Plus. I didn't see the first one, so I don't know if it's too different from that, but I decided not to watch it because I wanted to judge this film only on itself. But it was a beautiful story, and it definitely got me emotional.
2: Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, movies that
0: can make you cry,
2: like those are really, really well done and powerful movies. So I'm excited to see this one. What what did you think about the visuals
0: and the cinematography? I love the cinematography. The film was shot in Georgia and the locations were outstanding. I love the art direction and the photography as well. It kind of creates like a warm and romantic atmosphere. And it like, it recreates the U.S. in the beginning of the century. And that's one of the important things because this is kind of back in time even when the original came out it was still kind of going a little further back so they definitely did like a really good job on nailing that perspective of the ta- the earth at that time
2: That's awesome! You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Frozen 2, Lady and the Tramp, Charlie's Angels, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Healing from Hate, Battle for the Soul of the Nation. And right now I'm going to continue speaking with Zoe about Lady and the Tramp. So Zoe, did you have a favorite character?
0: Probably Lady. She was... Adorable! I actually got to interview um, Adrian Martinez, who plays Elliot, which is a dog catcher in this film. And Lady and Tramp, the actual dogs in the film, were there in the interview. And Lady, she was adorable. I got to catch her after and take some pictures with her. And the whole time during the interview, she was in character. And she was, I felt like she really looked like Lady from the first film. Oh, that's wonderful. You got to speak with her. Were there any other cast members you got to interview? Yeah, I got to interview um, Adrian Martinez, who plays Elliot. He's a very determined dog catcher, and I feel like um, Adrian, he captures the perfect tone in making this character not a cliché. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's so true. I was uh, wondering about that
2: because recently you have so many movies that do have talking dogs. But that's great to hear. And so um, what were some other things you were able
0: to learn from your interviews? Um, I actually learned like a lot about the dogs and how they behaved and stuff. And I learned some stuff about Adrian Martinez. He was very nice. And very lovely to talk to. He talked kind of about, um, kind of about his character mostly, and then um, how it was working with the dogs and stuff. That's cool. And so, um, what were some of the messages that you took away from watching Lady and the Tramp? I think the message of this film is that a dog's unconditional, a dog's love is unconditional, and they all deserve a home.
2: Oh, that is such a sweet message. I love that. And so, what were your thoughts on the music? Were there any songs in this Disney film?
0: Um, songs that really got my attention? Well, actually, no. The music in this film, I thought, was important because they couldn't use oh, song like they're playing on the radio right now. Because, as I said, this is back in the beginning of the century. And I felt like the music also created a nice atmosphere, and it um it didn't really create too much of a dramatic effect, but it made everything kind of seem kind of nice, and it put you in that time zone. Very awesome.
2: And so, what was something that really stood out to you um,
0: while watching Lady in the Tramp? I kind of think that, like since the dogs were in this film, that was kind of unique because you don't see a a lot of live action films with dogs. Well, there is a lot like a dog's home and like a dog's journey and a lot of other Disney films that they have with dogs. But I did really love that they incorporated humans and they were acting with the dogs and how the CGI as well that they used to animate the dogs.
2: Yeah, and so I'm curious. Were you able to tell um, any of the moments on screen where it was the actual dog versus whether it was the CGI dog?
0: Well, it was the actual dog the whole time. The only thing that was that they um, did with the animation was make their mouths move. Oh, um, uh, I thought uh, that was actually like really cool because the dogs acting like they were—it looked like they were humans but in dog form. Yeah, by watching the th- trailer, I thought some of it was CGI, because
2: um, the dogs really seemed like you just said so human-like. you know. Yeah. And so, um, finally, what would you say the age range and
0: star rating should be for Lady and the Trap? I would recommend it for kids ages 5 to 18, and without a doubt, give it a 5 out of 5 stars. Yay, that's so wonderful. And
2: it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you, Zoe. So thank you so much once again. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and be sure to check out Lady and the Tramp on Disney Plus today. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merry Christmas, Llama Llama.
0: are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey,
2: welcome back. I'm Saifa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking with Zoe and next we're going to be talking with Calista on Charlie's Angels. Welcome to the show, Calista. Thank you for having me.
4: Yeah, and so... What's this film about, and what are your thoughts on it? Well, Charlie's Angels is uh, a reboot of a very popular show from the 70s by the same name. And it follows an organization of female spies that go by the name of Angels. And it follows a trio of angels as they try to track down this piece of technology that can kill people with an electric pulse. Oh wow, that is sounds like an intense film. But yeah,
2: I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. So um, let's start with the vo- of the acting. What
4: did you think of it? I thought the acting was really good, and especially with the main three angels, because at the en- at the end of the day, this film is especially about their relationship and their friendship. So obviously, they're going to get the most screen time, and I definitely think these three um do just an amazing job. There's so much there's so much chemistry between all of them. Uh the three angels specifically are Jane played by Ella Balinska, Sabina played by Kristen Stewart, and Elena played by Naomi Scott. All three of them are amazing. They're all really unique and they just work off each other really well. That's great. And um
2: so what were your thoughts on the storyline itself?
4: I mean, I definitely, I, uh, I'll be honest, I do not know much about Charlie's Angels, but from doing a bit of brief research, this definitely doesn't seem like a series that kind of takes itself too seriously. This definitely is kind of supposed to be, like, fun action film, um, or at least action like property, considering there's a lot of Charlie's Angels stuff. But, um, this, despite having a kind of serious story about, you know, technology that can murder people... This film definitely goes for more of an action-comedy um, sort of route, which I definitely think, like, this definitely is not a film that you should take that seriously. It can be very silly. Um, but, yeah, so definitely, I definitely feel that, like the storyline is not really as important as more so just the relationship between the characters. So, like, the story some kind, kind of at certain points, like, towards the middle, takes a bit of, like, a backseat, to the characters.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's totally fine. I totally know what kind of movie you mean and action comedy is one of my favorite genres. So I know when the story does take a backseat, it doesn't always feel like that. And so what was
4: your favorite part about watching Charlie's Angels? Honestly, there's a lot I liked about this film. I like I previously mentioned I think the character relationships are just really fun. There's a lot of like really great interactions. There's a lot of really great comedy like um all these characters just work like really well together and I think that's kind of like I, I I don't even know if I would say the fact that like the characters like I I love the action scenes. I um god, yeah, there's a lot I really like about this. Um, If I had to pin it down, I think maybe just like, maybe I will just say like the relationship between the main three characters because I honestly can't decide what I like the most. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best thing when you watch a movie and you don't know like what
2: is your favorite part because it was all so good. That means that movie is pretty, pretty up there. But, um, so you mentioned action. Can you tell me a little more of the action scenes and, um, some of the weapons that they used?
4: Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) You can definitely feel that, like, these, the people who, like, I'm assuming that there's a lot, there was a lot of storyboarding because there's a lot of really crazy action. And there's also a lot of very, like, creative, more subtle things. Like, they have, of course, it's a spy film, so they have, like, all these, like, gadgets and, like, espionage scenes. And there's a lot of, like, really fun ways. Like, um, one of the earlier espionage scenes, like, just when the whole team's got together and they're going on their first mission together, like, that scene had me at, like, the edge of... That scene specifically had me at the edge of my seat and wasn't even really that, like, action-focused. It was just really fun. And, uh, and even when we get to the action scene, there's a lot of really tense moments, um... There's some really creative uses of, like, of, like, gadgets and, like, the sort of, like, whole aesthetic. Like, the way they're designed is really cool, too. There's also, like, one particular gadget, which I'm not going to talk about because it's probably one of the funniest jokes in the whole film. (laughs) I guess
2: I just have to watch the film then I really look forward to this actually I wasn't so sure from the trailer but everything that you're telling me sounds like a really fun and adventurous film you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Frozen Two, Lady in the Trap, Charlie's Angels, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Healing from Hate, Battle for the Soul of a Nation. And right now I'm gonna continue speaking with Callista on Charlie's Angels. And so, um Calista, what did you think about the comedy? You just told me there was this great comedy moment, but were you often laughing? And what did you think of the
4: jokes? I thought this film had a lot of really funny moments. Um, A lot of the comedy, there is, of course, a bit of, like, action comedy. um, But there is also a lot of character-based comedy. Um, Sabina, who's played by Kristen Stewart, gets a lot of, like... Uh, gets a lot of one-liners and stuff and like me and my mom going in we weren't entirely sure about her but she was actually like one of the funniest characters there's this character i i need an excuse to talk about him because i don't know when else i'll be able to bring this up but there's a character named johnny smith and at first i thought he was going to be a throwaway character but he ended up being one of my favorite characters in the entire film and he is probably one of the funniest characters in the film and it's just, like, I don't want to spoil his bit, but, like, he, I don't know why. But, ma- but like, his acting, and was so charismatic. And, like, every scene he, he was in, he would just, like, brought up the mood, like, immediately. <laughs> I love characters like that.
2: That's so great. And so, um, what were some of the messages that you took away from watching Charlie's
4: Angels? I definitely feel that this is sort of a film about friendship and sisterhood specifically, because, the I'm, I've said this like three times, but like the whole film mostly revolves around their relationship. And I think there's, I think there is something um, in sort of the way this film presents Charlie's Angels, because this isn't really a spoiler, because I mentioned like the first part of the movie, but in this film, the Charlie Townsend, the organization, Uh, that leads the angels has gone global and my mom was telling me that in the original series the charlie's angels was just the main three so now it's like this organization that's like all over the world and i definitely feel that's sort of like and i definitely feel the fact that they've turned the charlie's angels global has something to say about their being like about uh standing up and being a hero and making sure that like and ha- cuz this definitely is like a film that like if you want like a fun female empowerment film you definitely should see this because i definitely feel that this film has a lot to say about sisterhood and standing up and fighting together and yeah i i i don't know i just really i get i get specifically passionate about films like these and i don't really know why Oh well that's
2: awesome this sounds like there's so many um, ups and pluses to this film and so you just mentioned it being a woman empowerment film do you think that this really added to the film or did it take away in any way
4: it definitely didn't take away but I definitely feel that this isn't really like a film that's I wouldn't say this is a film that is very like unsubtle and just blatant about the fact that it's a female empowerment film because I definitely know that with a lot of films like that, that is kind of an issue that some people have. Um, where it's like, uh, like I've, I've talked to people about other films that are like female, female empowerment films. And they were like, yeah, I don't hate the film because it stars a, a female lead. But like, I feel the film doesn't really have anything going for it other than the fact that like, oh, it's a feminist film. Which I definitely feel that that kind of is a trapping that a lot of films like this kind of fall into. But I definitely feel that Charlie's Angels doesn't really go there. Uh, It does kind of help the fact that it is a reboot of a 70s show that, you know, had three female spies. So, like, you can't really give it the excuse that, like, that, like, by modernizing it, they're making it more feminist. So I definitely feel this, this film is, like, one of the better examples of a female empowerment film.
2: That's great to hear, because when I watched the trailer, that was actually one thing I was thinking. I was like, is it going to, you know, is that issue going to arise? But I'm so glad to hear that it doesn't. And so um, you mentioned that there's this really great chemistry between the three characters. Is there, like, a really great character development that occurs between the three of them
4: throughout the film? Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, so kind of a bit of more of an explanation of their relationship sabina and jane are already angels when the film starts and they're like experienced angels um but elena is just kind of she's gotten into this whole situation and now she's like she's with them and she has to help them because um she knows about like the technology they're trying to tra- they're trying to track down so they need her help so because she's not actually an angel and she's just she's technically in training well like all of a sudden she's in training that definitely adds a lot to the dynamic because there's these two experienced fighters and then there's this one who's just kind of like I don't know how I got in this situation but so like that definitely adds to it and Elena definitely does grow a lot of the character as a character she becomes more assertive and she definitely she's definitely the main one to go through an arc but I do also feel there's development between the relationship of Jane and Sabina because at the start of the film you kind of get the feeling that like they work together well but they don't really like each other but at the end, it's like, there's a moment, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a moment where, like, they kind of talk to each other and they have this nice bonding moment where Sabina's like, oh, I didn't know you actually, like, cared about me, like, as a friend. Um, and that, that's one of the, that's definitely, like, one of the best moments in the whole film. And then at the end of the film, you definitely get the vibe that, like, all oh, these three are, like, best friends for life. And honestly, I really like that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's very sweet. And so finally, Calista, what would you say the age range and star rating should be?
4: Uh, I would give this film four out of five stars and would recommend it for ages 13 to 18
2: awesome well
4: it's been so
2: much fun to speak with you calista and thank you so much for speaking with me today of course thank you for having me of course and so be sure to check out charlie's angels in theaters today let's take a break i'm sahiba and you're listening to kids first coming attractions today's show is sponsored by merry christmas llama llama
0: Are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
2: Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And next, I'll be talking with Celine about a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Welcome to the show, Celine. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm really excited to talk to you about this film. So what were your initial thoughts while watching
5: it? Well, I really liked this film. It was truly spectacular, And we really needed this message now. It shows kindness. And the beautiful day in the neighborhood is, it's a beautiful day to show kindness, to Mm -hmm. smile at one another, to listen to people. You know, it's all those great, important messages. Yeah, that's so true. It is much needed
2: today, and that sounds so sweet. So can you tell me a little bit about the
5: story and what plot it follows? I thought, like, so this movie, it was really about kindness, but it started off with the introduction Of the whole TV show. I loved the little introduction. With the little train going around. And the singing. And when Tom Hanks did the original song. And it's based on a true life story. About the relationship between Mr. Rogers. And a reporter. Who his boss. Wants him to interview Mr. Rogers. For a piece on American Heroes. And the reporter, who's Lloyd Vogel, who is played by Matthew Ry- Ry- Reese, who gives us, like, oh my God, he was such a good actor.
2: <laughs> that's great. That sounds like um, such a cute story. I know they're making quite a few films. I think the second one um, about Rogers, and I think that's so wonderful. But can you tell me a little bit more about the acting, like with Tom Hanks? You have such a great actor in this
5: film. He was born to do this role. Tom Hanks was, oh my God, I could watch him over and over again. I felt like he really took the character, Mr. Rogers, and it really showed the character. That's great to hear. And what did you think
2: about the uh, makeup that they did for his character?
5: Mm, It was good, but... The cardigan and the outfit really showed who Mr. Rogers was and his personality and his shoes. And in the intro, when he flipped the shoes and tied his laces and took off his work shoes and put on some tennis shoes and changed his jacket and put on a cardigan, the whole intro was amazing. Amazing. Oh, that sounds, this intro sounds really unique, and
2: um, I know you mentioned earlier that Tom Hanks, um, he does the original song, does, um, is it Tom Hanks' voice, did they have the original song, or did they
5: change it up a bit? I didn't even, I don't know, because I didn't watch the original series, but I loved it anyway, so. (laughs) That's that's crazy.
2: Yeah. And so, did you have a favorite part of watching this movie?
5: Yes. Oh, my God. My favorite part was when Lloyd and Mr. Rogers went onto the subway and all these strangers started singing Mr. Rogers' theme song to his show. And it really showed how much an impact that Mr. Rogers made because it the show's about kindness and... Feelings and everything like that, and it was just amazing, and it really touched my heart and made me on the edge of my seat.
2: Oh, that does sound like a touching scene, and so um what are some
5: of the messages um, that you took away ultimately after watching it? Well, you really want to listen and, like, think before you say something, because A single word can hurt someone, but it can also bring someone up.
2: Oh, that's such a
5: precious message. I love that. And so finally, what would you say the age range and star rating should be? Well, I rate this film four and a half out of five stars. And the age range would be four to 18. But of course, adults will love it too. Oh, well, it's been so great to talk with you, Celine,
2: about this very uplifting movie. And thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. And so be sure to check out The Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood in theaters today. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Frozen 2, Lady and the Tramp, Charlie's Angels, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And right now I'm going to be talking with Raquel about Healing from Hate Battle for the Soul of the Nation. Welcome to the show, Raquel. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, I'm really excited to talk with you today. And so can you tell me a little bit
1: about this documentary and what it's about? Yes. So this documentary, it um follows the life of oh, it follows the lives of several um former neo-Nazis and former white supremacists and how they've gone through a transformation to help other people who are going down the same path as them. Wow, this is so
2: interesting that we have these two films to talk about today. Because um, we just finished talking about such a drastically different film, but, so that's really interesting. And how was this documentary told? Was it told through interviews
1: or narration? It was told through um, basically a little bit of both. There was there were some interviews. Of um, people who are still active neo Nazis and white supremacists, and of course the founders of the program Life After Hate, which is devoted towards helping people who went down the same path as they did, and um, also some narrate um, narration of, you know, past instances where hate has disrupted the flow of America, and a lot of a lot of history narration and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and so do you think that this was this film was partial in, in any way? I know sometimes documentaries can lose that sight of um, showing both sides equally. Did you feel that in any
1: way? Um, I did feel that way. <laughs> um towards the end of the documentary, I've realized that the documentary is almost over and there were only two people that represented the minority groups. So I felt like it wasn't a topic discussed by both sides um, to its fullest extent. But overall, the documentary was informational and um, inspiring. Oh, that's really great. And so what were some of the messages that this documentary was trying to convey Um, messages like, um, you can change yourself, there is no such thing as, um, too late, it's never too late to do anything, and that, um, to try and see things from a non-biased perspective and put yourselves in the shoes of others.
2: Wow, those are some really great messages, and so why do you think that this documentary, it was made today, and, like, why do you think it's relevant?
1: I think it's relevant today because of all the controversy with the government and who's president, who's currently in the office right now. And um, this documentary is just important to reach out to people who forget that there are some people who are, who can, who do have control over their lives and their destinies. And that people can change despite what's going on in the media. Yeah, and this is very interesting
2: that this film and the previous film, they're so relevant today and they show this common goal, like, to listen, like Celine said, and as you're saying, and so do you think that everyone, or, like, who do you think should go and watch this
1: film? I feel like people who have issues with accepting the change that's going on in the media right now should watch this movie so that they can see um, other people change their whole entire lives, and how those people go on to help other people who need to change their lives, so... Yeah, people who are stuck in their ways should go and watch this film. Oh,
2: that's really inspiring. I'm excited to um, see this documentary and all the great messages it seems to be conveying. And so what would you say would be the age range and star rating for this film?
1: I think the age range is 12 to 18. However, adults are sure to enjoy this film as well. And I give the film four out of five stars. Well, thank you so much,
2: Rico. It's been um, great to talk to you about this really, it seems, unique documentary. And so, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. And so, be sure to check out this documentary, Healing from Hate Battle for the Soul of a Nation. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Merry Christmas, Lama Llama. I'm Sahiba. Thank you so much for listening and see you all next time.